0: Are you using the full power of prayer, or does it sometimes feel like an empty ritual? Well, join us today to learn what God thinks about it, here on Bold Steps with Mark Job.
1: Some of you have an incredible power that you're not using. You don't know how to use the tool that God has given you, and so James is saying, I want you to know how to pray, not just pray generic small prayers, but I want you to know how to pray Powerful, life changing, destiny altering prayers.
0: And welcome to Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and he's senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Mark, here's a left field question for you. Are you handy around the house at fixing things? <laughs> well, you know, I think I am. If you
1: ask my wife, she would say, <laughs> "You know, stick to preaching." Um, so I do have my toolkit and yeah.
0: I do fix things. And we all have that honey-do list, and right? And we
1: do have a honey-do list when it comes to electrical things, though. I have to I have some stories of uh, switches not working quite the way, the way they're supposed to.
0: Well, the reason I ask is uh, you're going to tell us today we need the right tool to pray effectively.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, prayer is like that tool that is so powerful, so good, can do so much. But if we haven't learned to use it right, it sits there idly without being maximized. And I believe that there's a lot of people, including Christians that have been believers for a long time, that really have not yet learned how to use this powerful tool that we call prayer.
0: We're in James chapter 5 again today, and this lesson is called Powerful Prayer. Let's start. Here's Mark Job.
1: Sometimes you have a project, but unless you have the right tools to tackle the project, it's not going to turn out too well. A few years ago, when my daughter was about 15 years old, I got a panicked phone call And she said, Dad, I can't get into the house. She had left her keys, and she was able to get into the garage because she had the code, but she couldn't get into the house, and she was in panic mode. She said, Dad, I have an event to go to. I really need to get in the house. Are you guys close? I said, I'm an hour away. She said, well, Dad, I really need to get into the house. How many of you know that there's a lot of drama in 15-year-old girls? Let me just say that, you know, there's a lot of drama there. And I said, well, honey, it's going to be an hour. I really need to get into the house. And I said, well, you could try this. There's a toolbox on the side. If you pull out a screwdriver, you may be able to unscrew the lock and get in if you really think you can do it. Well, I didn't hear from her, didn't hear from her. When I got back home finally and was about to enter the garage door, I noticed that the garage door had a bunch of nicks in it and marks on it, and the handle was real banged up. And when I finally got in, I said, honey, what happened to the garage door? She said, dad, you told me to go into the toolbox. I went into the toolbox, and I found a hammer. And she says, I "I I banged at it to try to get it loose, but it just wouldn't work. And so she had a challenge but she was using the wrong tool to overcome that challenge. I still have those marks on my garage door, even to this day. That was like eight years ago. So you can have a challenge, but if you use the wrong tool to overcome the challenge, you'll end up with the same problem. Some of us are like that with prayer. We've had challenges in our life, and we've approached those challenges sometimes with prayer, but not necessarily praying the right way at the right time with the right approach. And so some of us have walked away saying it doesn't work, not because prayer doesn't work, but because our approach to prayer hasn't worked. You've tried to open a door using the wrong tool with the wrong approach. James in this passage, in the final verses of James... He's teaching the believers really what it means to pray powerfully. And so today I want to look at these verses in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. As we talk about how to pray powerfully, just take this as a school of prayer. Some of you have an incredible power that you're not using. You have a tool that God has given you that can open up doors, but you are approaching it the wrong way you don't know how to use the tool that God has given you and so James is saying I want you to know how to pray not just pray generic small prayers but I want you to know how to pray powerful life-changing destiny-altering prayers so let me start by reading James chapter 5 beginning in verse 13 it says is anyone in trouble let him pray is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And then he goes on and says, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Word of the Lord. Five things I want you to learn about prayer today if you're going to pray powerfully. Number one, you need to learn the prayer approach. Learn to use the right prayer approach for each situation. So James says, I want you to learn how to pray. When you're in trouble, you pray differently than when you're sick. And when you're sick, you pray differently than when you're happy. So he gives three situations. Number one, he says, when you're in trouble, learn how to do the supplication prayer. Some of you here know a lot about trouble. This is about the time that you've prayed. How many of you know that our prayer life escalates when we're in trouble? I know people that have trouble reading their Bible, trouble praying, but they give them a DUI that lands them in Cook County for six nights, and suddenly they have become voracious readers of the Bible and prayer warriors. Only six days at 26 and Cal with the Bible will teach you how to pray. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So when you're in trouble, he says, you need to learn how to pray. Some people get in trouble and they don't pray. They exhaust every other avenue to solve their problem but pray. And James is saying if you're in trouble, this word trouble means if you're experiencing a hardship, a challenge in your life that you can't seem to overcome, you need to learn how to engage in the process of supplication, coming before God, pressing on the doors of heaven so that God will change the circumstance. Number two, when you're happy, he says, is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. So when you're in trouble, you learn how to petition before God. When you're happy, you learn how to praise God. Uh, the word here is let him learn how to sing songs of praise or literally let him make music so let me tell you something about that because some of us have not understood the power of praise praise is a form of prayer it's just you do it by singing or by exalting who god is and what he's done i don't know what you do when you get happy maybe you whistle Maybe you skip. Maybe you dance. I'm not sure what you do. But the Bible says when you're happy, things go well. God answers a prayer. A door is open. He says you need to engage in the prayer of praise. You know, we highly underestimate the importance of praise. In fact, some of you here, even as you started to come to this church, you think that the first 20 minutes is optional. Come on now, I'm stepping on some toes now. Um, The first 20 minutes, because you say, well, they're just singing. Especially some men, they say, well, you know, I'm not into karaoke. I've never been a singer. I'm not like a hand raiser. I'm just, that's just not me. I'm just not like a singer. I just come and sit. So I wait till the singing is over, and then I come for the preaching. Listen, the singing is not there to give you time to find a parking place in in the parking lot. If you really understood praise, you would realize that praise is not a prelude to the main event, but that praise is the main event. Yeah. Listen, praise is you exalting the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Praise is not a karaoke session. Praise is declaring that God is good. He's on the throne. He's sovereign. There's no one like unto him. Yeah. The Bible says... I want men everywhere, it says specifically men, I want men everywhere to raise their hands. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not a hand raiser. I've never gone to concerts. I I don't even go to Pearl Jam. I don't go. I don't raise my hand. I don't wave. I don't take candles. I just sit there. It's just not me. Well, it doesn't matter whether it's you or not. The Bible says that you are to engage in worship with all of your being. That means heart, soul, and spirit. When you raise your hands into God, what you are saying is, God, I surrender to you completely. You are all that I am and all that I have, and I surrender to you, God. If you're not a hand raiser, maybe you need to be a knee bender and get on your knees before God as we worship God because prayer is humbling for all of us. Praise, it, prayer. Praise is declaring that someone greater than us is present here, that someone higher than us is present here, that someone <laughs> high and lifted up. And it's humbling. In fact, the, the Anglo-Saxon word worship comes from the root word worth So what worship is, is giving worth to someone that is greater than us. The Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people. In other words, God lands upon the praise of of the people that are praising him we create an atmosphere in which god when we are praising him says this is a place where i can work and move because people here are praising me and so the bible says when you're happy when your soul is lifted up then learn the power of praising god
0: You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. We'll get to the third prayer approach in just a moment. But right now, Mark, I want to share with our listeners about this week's edition of the Bold Stepper Weekly. It went out, of course, Monday morning, as it always does. And in case you aren't on the list yet, you can sign up, and I'll tell you how in a moment. But let's review, Mark, some of the special takeaways from this latest devotional.
1: Yeah, so this devotional highlights events, uh, has devotional thoughts. And by the way, this is a great time at the beginning of the year to get in the habit of daily devotionals. And uh, maybe this Bold Step Weekly will remind you on Monday, comes out early on Monday, hey, every day of the week, get into the Word of God. But we highlight a few things this past time. For example, an event that we are highlighting is Founders Day. Yeah, I said Founders Day because we've moved Founders Week to October. Mm-hmm. All the audience out there are applauding because <laughs> if you've been to Chicago in February, you've wondered why in the world do they do it at that time. So we've moved it to October. Hopefully, you'll be able to attend with greater weather. And um, But we also have uh, Bold Steps Minute which is an audio recording just one minute long mm-hmm. encouraging you giving you a power thought for the day.
0: It's all packed in this Bold Stepper Weekly and if you're not receiving it Just go to boldstepsradio.org, and on the left side of the page, you'll see a tab there for the Bold Stepper Weekly. Click that and sign up so that you get it coming up this Monday morning and every Monday thereafter, the Bold Stepper Weekly. Hey, I want to talk about one more thing, Mark, and that is we're hearing from some listeners that they're having trouble with their smart speakers, you know, the Alexa devices. Mm -hmm. So let me just run through that real quickly. If you want to listen to Bold Steps on your smart speaker, Alexa, enable Moody Radio. That's step one. Step two is open Moody Radio. You're talking to your smart speaker here, not to yourself, right? <laughs> and then thirdly, play bold steps with Dr. Mark Job. So, three easy steps.
1: And you know what? Just about now, there's a bunch of Alexas that have been activated because <laughs> of those commands that you gave. See that?
0: <laughs> well, sorry about that. <laughs> let's get back to the message now with Mark Job powerful prayer.
1: So when you're in trouble, learn the power of supplication prayer. When you're happy, learn the power of praise prayer. And then when you're sick, learn the power of anointing prayer. Is anyone sick, he says. That word sick is literally the word weakened physically, spiritually, emotionally. When someone is weak, they feel frail, they're sick. Let them call the elders of the church. Elders are the, in the Greek, it's the word presbyter, which means those that are called to lead the church. We have a group of elders here at the church. There are qualifications for someone being an elder. their are biblical qualifications. It's not a position that you vote someone into. It's a position that you're qualified and called into. We have six elder couples here that serve at Midway, and their job is really to help oversee the spiritual health of the congregation. And the Bible says if someone is sick, you have a disease, you've uh, you've been diagnosed with a tumor, cancer, diabetes, some heart condition that you're facing, and you find yourself sick. He says, call the elders of the church, Ecclesia, to pray over them. In other words, the elder's job is to pray over them, and it tells us how to pray over them. It says to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, let me just explain that for a second because I think it's important. So the elders are called, and they lay hands on a person, and they anoint them with oil. The anointing with oil means that Oil is placed on them. Is the oil the healing element? No, the oil is a symbol of the power of God to heal. If you look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, you'll find various references to anointing. In the Old Testament, when someone was going to be inaugurated as a king, they would anoint them with oil and say, Now... You are called to the position of being a king. Samuel poured oil over David's head as he called him to be king. What does the oil symbolize? The oil symbolizes the authority and the empowerment for a task ahead of us. Are you tracking with me? This is important. In in Luke chapter 4, Jesus said, I am anointed to preach the gospel to the poor to open the eyes of the blind, to set the captive free. Anointed means I'm called and powered to do this job. When the elders anoint a person, we take oil and we put it on their forehead, and the oil doesn't heal someone, but the oil is symbolic of the presence of the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit that has power to heal the sick. And so we are acknowledging with the oil that this is not man who is healing anybody, this is the power of God that is healing someone. Are you tracking with me? But it's really not about the oil, it's about the symbolism of the oil. Just like baptism, it's not the waters of baptism that wash your sins away. It's symbolic of what Jesus has done in your life that washes your sins away, and the water's a symbol of that. The oil, when we anoint someone with oil on their head, it's symbolic that the presence of the Holy Spirit is here and that he has authority and power to heal the sick. Now I have people say, well, Pastor, don't we believe in doctors? Oh, yes, we believe in doctors. Once in a while, someone will come to me and say, Pastor, is it a lack of faith that I go see a doctor? And I say, no, it's a lack of common sense that you don't go see a doctor. Because... Luke, in the New Testament, he was a doctor. I believe that God uses a lot of ways to heal us, and sometimes God can use a doctor. It's not a lack of faith to go to a doctor. Hello. God can use a doctor, but God can also supernaturally heal you if he chooses to do so. I've seen and heard a lot of stories of people that have been touched supernaturally by the power of God as he releases healing power into their life. I think of my own life, and I've had in my own family a few experiences where, as a result of, of the elders praying and anointing with oil, that we've seen breakthroughs that I can only attribute to the hand of God. One of them that comes to my mind is when my wife and my wife and I got married. We were really involved and super preoccupied in ministry. The church was small. And we were doing a lot of the ministry ourselves and really busy. and as the church began to grow, uh, we uh, continued to be busy, but about three years into it, my wife started having a real strong desire for children. Every time someone had a baby in the congregation, she would say, "I, I really I want us to have a baby." And I said, "I do too, but you know it's in God's timing." and uh, You know, so this increased more and no more, and we were six years into our marriage, and we had no children. We were doing everything needed to produce children and having fun in the process, but no children were coming. (laughs) Just thought I'd clarify that. (laughs) And so finally, we went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you need to see a specialist. We went to see a specialist for the first time, and the specialist said, you know, after six years and you're not pregnant, there's definitely something wrong here, and we're going to have to start to do some tests on this to see if there's a fertility problem, a fertility issue. And I was like, oh, no, I, I know how this goes. I've seen couples go through fertility treatments, and it's brutal if you've ever had to go through them. And so I, what I realized we hadn't done is we hadn't gone to the elders and asked them to pray for us. So we went to the elder team, and my father was actually part of the elder team at the time, and we said, you know, we, we believe that God opens and closes the womb. It's been six years, and so we're asking the elders to pray for us, and so we gathered around on a Sunday morning, and they anointed my wife, D and I with oil, and they prayed over us. Heartfelt, powerful prayer. As they prayed over us, Uh, An image popped to my mind as I was on my knees and they were praying for me. And I saw myself as a father holding a little baby with a lot of dark hair. Little Mexican baby, actually, with a lot of dark hair. And when I got up from that prayer, I had this sense of, I feel like God is going to answer this prayer. Nothing had changed. I couldn't describe it, but I had this sense that God is working and after six years think about it we didn't go back to the fertility doctor we had an appointment a little a little bit while later but before we went there my wife did a pregnancy test and sure enough discovered after six years after the elders praying for us that she was pregnant And when that little baby girl was born boy did she have a lot of dark silky hair and i i held her in my arms and i knew i remembered back nine months previously that image that i had and the people praying for us i believe in the supernatural powerful healing of god i believe that god heals
0: You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job here on Bold Steps and the start of a three-part message titled Powerful Prayer. We'll return to part two of this lesson tomorrow, but before then, be sure to catch up on anything you may have missed by visiting our website at boldstepsradio.org. Or for easy listening on the go, whether you're hiking or biking or driving at another hour, be sure to subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast on your phone or mobile device. Just open up your favorite podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. And then, as we kick off this new month, we also want to tell you about a brand new Bold Step gift that's now available. It's a resource that can make a dramatic difference in any marriage, young or old. And to tell us more about it here again is Mark. Joy is a
1: gift from God, and it's meant to be one of the staples of a healthy marriage. But for many couples today, true joy seems to be a rare experience. Separated by long periods of conflict and often disconnect. It's something that Dr. Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi call the joy gap. And if you want to know how to fix this common marital problem and reclaim your joy in marriage, I'd like to send you a copy of their book titled The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages. This practical resource offers daily exercises and helpful tips that will encourage you and your spouse to build the habits of bonding. No matter what your relationship looks like today, this insightful guide will help you unlock the relational skills needed to foster real and regular moments of joy. So reach out today and request your copy of The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages when you send a gift
0: of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Thank you, Mark. To send your financial gift today, visit boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also request your copy of The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages and give your financial gift through the mail by addressing your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Once again, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Well, I'm Wayne Shepard closing out today's program, but be sure to join us tomorrow for part two of this message titled Powerful Prayer. It's coming up Thursday on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.